0: Hello, and welcome to the Braindrop Podcast, a show all about puzzles, riddles, mysteries, and games. I'm your host, the internet. I can see you, you know. Yes, I'm talking to you, John. Oh, don't act so surprised. Look up and slightly to the right. A little more to the right. Yes, right there. I can see you from there. No, I'm just kidding. I really hope your name is John, because then I bet you were really weirded out just now.
1: Hello and welcome to the Braindrop podcast, a show all about, well, you know, I guess she already said all that stuff. Leave it to Google to complete all of my sentences. I'm your real host, Brian Hobbs. This week, we put Google Translate to the test, and it fails in all the right ways. First, I'll give solutions to the bonus puzzle from last episode, then I'll share three new puzzles for you.
0: Solution one. (laughs)
1: Stolen memories. This puzzle was sent in by Rain Yang. Jim is surprised when a stranger enters the door and starts taking valuables from his home. He watches in fascination as they do this. After the thieves escape, he goes back to what he was doing and soon forgets the whole thing. Why didn't Jim, who was in good health, try to stop the thieves or at least call the police? The answer is, Jim is a baby. And babies don't care what happens to their parents' stuff. At all. In the Lateral Thinking Puzzles forum at LateralPuzzles.com, uh... We make a habit out of asking three baseline questions when someone just gives a name in a puzzle. So the name was Jim. The questions are, is Jim a human? Is Jim an adult? And is Jim male, as in male or female? So in this case, those questions would have solved this puzzle. Same as if Jim was a fish in a fishbowl, I guess. Babies also won't care anything about the next three puzzles I'm going to share.
0: Puzzle one.
1: Cutting Cuts Alfred is one of those people who likes to perfect a system to make it as efficient as possible. Uh, Maybe he's an engineer or a programmer or something, but this tendency also bleeds into his daily life. Like he has a chart for the layout of a grocery store so that he can map out the perfect route down each aisle so that he minimizes the number of steps he has to take. And he carefully analyzes each line at checkout to determine not only the number of people in each line, but the relative fullness of their carts. You know the type of person I'm talking about. Maybe you're the type of person I'm talking about. So anyway, Alfred's wife is now planning a large family gathering at the local park. And she is making trays of things like crackers and cheese and veggies and fruit. You know, the kind of trays that look nicer than they taste, generally. But she has asked Alfred to, um cut the cheese. After making a series of rude jokes about this, Twitch's wife only shakes her head sadly, he gets to work. He has some large cheese cubes, and he needs to cut each of them into 27 smaller cubes, or basically a 3x3x3 three by three by three stack of cubes. So for the first cube, he does the obvious thing, makes two vertical cuts to split the cube into three total blocks rotates the whole thing 90 degrees and makes two more vertical cuts making nine blocks total. Then he flips the stack onto its side and makes two more cuts making the 27 cubes. Six cuts in total. If you're having trouble visualizing what I'm talking about you can visit the website uh, and see the picture. But after a couple of these, Alfred's mind begins spinning. I wonder, he wonders, if I might be able to get the 27 cubes with fewer cuts if I rearranged the blocks after each cut. So instead of keeping them all in the shape of the original cube, perhaps he could stack and rearrange the pieces so that he gets more done with each cut. He thinks about this for so long that his wife is completely finished with every other task before he finally begins cutting. So the question is, does he need the six cuts to turn one cube into 27 cubes? Or can he do it with fewer by rearranging the pieces after each cut?
0: Puzzle
1: two. Talkies. So I've recently read Dante's Divine Comedy, which was originally written in Italian. I I began to appreciate how translation can affect the reading experience. Looking at the difference between the English translation of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow And that of the Hollander translation that I read. Uh, There are quite a few differences, not to mention the fact that some of the poetic structure of individual lines is simply lost when translating. And this is between two languages that came at least partially from Latin. But when you veer into other more distant languages, it becomes even trickier. So we can thank goodness for Google, right? I mean, what would we do without Google? With Google, you can translate to and from any language with ease, and nothing is lost. I would love to see what the Google translation of the Divine Comedy would be. Uh, To prove just how wildly accurate Google is, I took six famous English movie lines and plugged them into Google to translate them from English to Chinese, and then from Chinese to Maori, And then from Maori, back to English. So let's see how well you can recognize the lines. Number one.
0: You will not understand. I can go to class. I can stay competitive. I could be human, not a pedestrian floor. Number two. Blood. I think we ended up in Kansas. Number three. Every time the arrow hit, the angel flew high. Number four. Do, do not always do. Didn't try.
1: Number five.
0: Love means never feeling sad.
1: Number six.
0: Greetings to my child.
1: Okay, what are the original movie quotes? Puzzle three. Seated with five, then carried by six. Here's the lateral thinking puzzle for this week by Stephen Wirt. Six men are seated together. In turn, they each do something that had never been done before in human history. When one appeared to be taking pains to avoid doing something never done before, he was shot dead. Why? And what were they doing? So you'll hear the puzzle solved next week. You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter to see three clues on that puzzle. All right, that's it for this week. You can visit the website at braindroppodcast.com for a refresher on this week's puzzles. And you can send in your solutions or suggest a puzzle for a future episode. Or tell me how really to pronounce Maori by sending an email to puzzles at braindroppodcast.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Braindroppuzzle. Special thanks to Jeff Moore for some of the music, including what you're listening to right now. Finally, please consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes and telling your friends about the show. All right, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Brian Hobbs.
0: And I'm your big sister, the internet. I can see that you like this episode, so I will now send you countless ads for language courses and translation services. You're welcome.